Welcome. This is Bill Munhausen, your host for Christian Ideas and Activism, also available as the Key Ozarks podcast. My niche is faith and religion, but that doesn't tell you the whole story, because God wants us to be salt and light in every aspect of life. My mission is to seek out the truth of things. We'll explore government and entertainment and family and entrepreneurship and science, all through the filter of what God would want as he builds his kingdom among us. Here's a continuation of my conversation with Deanna Walton. That has been, now you asked me what what I love, that's probably one of my passions now that's growing inside of me is bringing the family back to the center, mm-hmm. you know, not fragmenting the family where we have, and not that it's bad to have children's church, youth group, all these things, but d- definitely bringing back the family as a whole to the center and making, you know, the, the parents, the priest and king of the home and, and the ones mm-hmm. who teach it. And then from there, that unit goes and you gather with other families and that's where you get your corporate gathering. And so I, I would say that there needs to be a revival in in family stability and, mm-hmm. and teaching that in our churches again. Right. How do you get that to happen? I think little by little, incremental. I, Whenever I'm pressing into the word or I feel like I'm getting a revelation from the Lord or I'm feeling led in a certain direction, I will talk about those things with the mm-hmm. people that I'm around. Um, if I have any influence at all, I'll be sharing this. You're planting is, seeds. Yes, planting seeds, exactly. And mm-hmm. as as I learn and grow, then I will share that with somebody else and plant the seeds and then even take steps to implement it. Like, hey, let's do an event that focuses. And, you know, I'm very fortunate. I have friends um, that I serve with in our church and they're very passionate about the family unit, you know, and so we can come together and plan an event in the church that is focused on bringing families together and not just one, you know, one group. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, seed planting, I think, you know, is how I'm going about it. I, and now I guess we're talking about it. That's we, a good we thing. We planted a seed. Yeah, right? yeah. So another thing we've talked about in the past is entrepreneurship. Yeah. You're kind of not in that so much anymore. Well, I don't know that it would ever fully leave me. Yeah, um, you always want to make a little money. <laughs> right, yeah. I always want to, and like ideas, you know, I come up with ideas all the time and, and they usually plague me in the middle of the night when I'm trying to sleep. It's very annoying mm-hmm. that something will pop into my brain and I'll want to chase it down but i'm mm-hmm. sawyer my as we're talking about this my son is in soccer um he's four years old and so he has started a league but i will i've seen the four-year-old soccer yes it's, it's very... like this little swarm of people yeah. moving this way moving that way <laughs> and then kicking the ball into the wrong goal kicking each other <laughs> go the other way um and, but we, you know in uh in efforts to to create balance in our family lives we did skip the spring season you know we i felt that pressure you know because you do you feel this pressure as a parent and that's probably because there's all this parenting stuff in the media and um it's always in your face as to like how to be a better parent you there you do feel this pressure uh from outside that if you aren't doing those things for your kids then you're not being a good parent and i think that actually now that i bring that up I think that has a lot to do with, with the activities is mm-hmm. the pressure, the outside source of like wanting to feel and know that you're that good parent and, and striving. Know, I, I guess I have to admit this. Uh, I always was bugging my daughter, Rebecca, to get her boys into some kind of sport. See? <laughs> 
What do you mean Dylan isn't playing baseball this year? Yeah, baseball's good for them. And there are so many good, valuable things that Mm -hmm. they can learn from being on a team, from trying and failing, and from doing it again and again, you know, and Uh getting better. And and those things create so much um, moral development and a lot of growth in kids. Mm -hmm. Um, But it shouldn't be something that you have to jump from thing to thing. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that pressure to to do all of it. You now, know, my, my other daughter, available. Gretchen, she is a jump from to thing to thing person. <laughs> yeah. Because she's, she's an educator. Mm-hmm. She, she actually is a homeschool mom. Yeah. So I think homeschool moms can be a little obsessive mm, about yeah. experiences, having yeah. experiences for the kids. It's not a matter, it's not a bad thing like having, playing all the sports, but getting them into a drama class and mm-hmm. a musical and, performance kind of class and learning things that are life skills right so there there is a little uh self-imposed pressure for a homeschool mom because you're trying to be more you are yes you're trying to do better than the government school yes that is a very real thing and then along with that comes a ton of shame and guilt if you feel like you're failing sure um that's a very real real thing for moms and even if you're not a homeschool mom just as a mom in general i think that Um, Again, access to so much media Mm -hmm. um, allows us to feel way more shame and guilt when we don't measure up to those perfect pictures, those perfect plans, those, Uh you know, it's it's overwhelming. So so do you think guys are plagued by that? (laughs) I don't know. Are you? Are you plagued by that? No, not much. (laughs) Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, I don't think my husband really, you know, is he just... He thinks about things differently and sometimes mm-hmm. way more clear-headed, you know, than me. I get very jumbled sometimes because I'm, I'm consuming so much information. And, and you're also the one who is day-to-day driving it. Yes. Because you're yeah. the one who's home more. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but thank goodness, you know, that we're getting into a better balance, you know. And that's, again, that's just life is hard. And you have to be intentional. Done telling me how easy it is. No, no, no. Like relationships (laughs) in life. Like as far as, I mean. Surviving is easy. Surviving is easier. (laughs) But thriving, like emotionally in relationships, like being in a marriage, being in a family unit, those things, it takes work. You have to be intentional Mm -hmm. about being a team and being a family. And, um, you know, or you drift apart or, you, you know, you have issues and. Yeah, I think, so going back to the entrepreneurial thing, (laughs) that actually ties in together for me. Um, So yes, I was very passionate about, you know, entrepreneurship and um, chasing ideas and being able to make money with that and be successful. And now I know that, you know, I have small children and I needed to make sure that they were my first priority that my marriage was my first priority and that my kids were my first priority. I got unbalanced for a Mm. little while. And it's hard to admit that. I got to the point where I had to make a decision. Do I pursue this path that's going to take me more away from my family more and more? I had a little bit of success and that was exciting, you know, but my family was just in a really tough spot. My relationships weren't that my relationship with my husband was struggling and in communication and I had to make that decision that no, that's not my priority to Mm -hmm. be the breadwinner. You know, that's not that it's just my husband's job, but he is the husband, you know, and he wanted to make sure he was providing. Like you said, sometimes we strive for things we don't need Mm -hmm. because it's pretty easy to survive in America now. 
True. So you don't you don't yeah. really need the wealth. On the other hand, it's a sense of kind of um, is it ego in a, in a nice way, in a oh. good way that you feel good about yourself because you're accomplishing things yes. and you're respected I, and you are doing mm-hmm. these. That that plays into it. That is a huge factor. I think ego, um, especially when you see other people and their success, and you know, running alongside them and and, yeah. and believing that you should be just as good as they are and you should be just as successful. When your circumstances are different or say you're calling, you know, as I got to the point where it was not my season, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be thriving. It wouldn't be family thriving. It wouldn't be right. human thriving for me to continue that path. It would have actually been detrimental to my husband and to my children yeah. to continue that. And that was probably the toughest decision I made. I spent all weekend. It was a weekend I was supposed to go away to a conference. I had the plane tickets. I had the hotel rooms. I'd already spent the money. And I was going to go glamorous, go across stage, you know, be around people who are making millions of dollars and like Mm -hmm. interact with them. And um, I was excited. But then I just I had been struggling through some things with my faith and um, not like my faith wasn't struggling, but struggling with what I was doing. Is this matching the word of God is Mm -hmm. what I'm doing, lining up with the word of God. I came to that decision that, you know what, I'm not going to go. And instead, um, my husband had already taken off work and he was going to stay home with the kids. I decided not to go and we chose to do a family weekend instead. It was completely shifting priorities. I did not go and it was something that I was really excited about. So it was hard. I cried a little bit. I listened to the conference online and it was just, it was a little hard, but we focused on our family. We did tons of fun activities with the kids and we just spent the whole weekend just us, you know, that was a turning point. Absolutely. It was a turning point for my marriage. It was a turning point for peace. Well, you have such a short time with your kids. Right. You probably don't realize it yet. But oh, I do. Back, I, I do. <laughs> I do. And yeah. when they grow up and then go out of the house, a lot of a lot of couples struggle then because they kind of lost their identity. They they were raising these little ones, and now they're gone, and now we're just a couple again. Right. But it's also a great time to um, kind of rediscover what you could do with your life. Mm-hmm. because now you are free. Right. So that is it, so strange that you mentioned that. Literally what I was thinking on the way over here, yeah. and that's what caused me to totally pass my driveway and have to turn around and go back <laughs> and get our car to my husband and switch cars. But, yeah. no, on the way over here, I was literally thinking that about how short the time is of raising our children, instilling the values that we want to be instilled in them and spending those sweet memories and like building the memories and um, having that time with them. Because when they do grow up and they they leave the house, I could pursue all of my passions, you know, like I could Uh build a business, I could organize millions of events, you know, the things that make me happy that I love doing. You know, my husband and I could go on lots of trips and, and all of these things that we can do in about 10 to 15 years mm-hmm. yep. you know? it's not that long it's not that long it's a blink of an eye and even though my kids are eight and four i've already missed way too much mm-hmm. time you know that was just that's a, that was a huge turning point in my life to realize that and also being able to lean on the lord and for healing so what do you see yourself doing 10 years from now it'd be more than 10 years it'd be more than 10 years <laughs> it's so, 15 years yeah corwin will be in 10 years he'd be 18 sawyer would just be 14 so mm-hmm. 15 years. um but about yeah 15 years yeah i don't honestly i have no idea i would li- i'd like to see my house paid off 
in 15 years. I'd, I'd honestly like to build a new house. But as far as what I'm doing, I would like to see my husband and I working together on Ooh. something ministry related or education related, like in some way that we could impart into someone else's life. I mean, not to say that it's, oh, we have so many good things to give people. People should listen to us. But it's not about that. But it's just I strongly desire It's that gifts of help. Like I love helping people. Mm-hmm. And I want to take everything that I have learned, everything that I've been through, and I want to help others. You know, yeah. and I want I want people to love the Bible like I love the Bible. I want people to love God like I love God, and not that I love him well. Like, I don't. I feel like I fail at that all the time, but my passion and desire is to always love. Do you and Ben work well together? Yeah, actually. Here's <laughs> what we are learning. We have big, we're recently discovering that we make a pretty good team at planning events together. Wow. Yeah, so this is kind of a new thing for us. We are planning a pretty big game night, and so it's just in the beginning stages. Maybe it's more of an experiment, really, than anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think it'll be fun for everyone. Ben loves strategy, and he loves games, and he loves entertainment, and he's really good at putting all that together. And so we're kind of taking that element and putting it together with, like, oh, you want to do an event? Let me plan it. Let me plan it. You know, so the last few weeks, my kids have been able to go spend the night at my parents' place. And so Ben and I have been able to like go out to eat. And so I take my planner and I'm old fashioned when it comes to a planner. I like Mm -hmm. paper. And so I've got like this planner out and we're planning this event and writing down the games, the things that we need to do. We're kind of really excited about the fact that we can do that together. And that's Mm. kind of a new, new fun thing. So I think in 10 years, I would like to see that become something that's like God said, Hey, this is what I have for you. You guys can work together in this element and serve others. And you bring joy to people's lives in planning events. Yeah. But you can also bring an impact. And I, I would like to marry the idea of like having activities and education. I want I want people to come away from the experience having been deeply impacted for either their faith or information or their worldview through right. through something that we've planned. And do something interactive. So it's yes, not community just, building. Not just hearing the word, but experiencing mm-hmm. it more. Yes, yeah, that's mm-hmm. one of Ben's passions you know, that he's developing or he's communicating to me now that he wants to get more people together face to face doing something, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's game nights or going to an event, like to a ball game or whatever. But yeah. And even in the Bible studies, like joining a study, it's just that across the table interaction, um, Mm -hmm. face to face. So you've already planned your life far into the future. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have lots of plans for, but I don't know if they're the Lord's plans. You're a lot like my daughter Gretchen because Gretchen has lots of ideas too. She's she's actually this year is um, she was doing a homeschool kind of a co-op called Classical Conversations. Oh, okay. And now she decided to just write her own curriculum. Fun. So she's starting her own kind of personally crafted wow homeschool curriculum. That's thing. amazing. It is. It is. But she's she is a very uh, meticulous designer of things. She's very smart. She's very likable. So all of those characteristics that make education kind of easy. Yeah, I can see her being very natural at that. Yeah, so she's kind of doing that thing, and it's kind of amazing to watch. One of her classes wants to interview me about how I got started in life and in business and what I did and how you start a career and those kind of things. So I got 30 30 minutes to talk to them. (laughs) 
<laughs> Next, hey, when we interview you, when it's your turn, can we? On that yeah, particular here. thing. Yeah, I think that would be fascinating. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, I could tell you how that turned out because I don't think it's what they expect. You know, you, when you're a kid, you're taught, you know, you're going to go through high school, you're going to go to college, you're going to learn a major, and you're going to do that thing. Right. And that's going to be your career and your life. And um, it never turns out that way. You know, you always fall into something. That Yeah, circumstances and yeah. location. There's Yeah, there's a lot of factors that makes I, you happy. I heard people say, you know, you can have a different career after your main career. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was stupid. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I have a career, why would I want a different one? Right. And uh, what I found is I've probably had, geez, maybe 10 different jobs. Yeah. Completely different areas. Different areas. I mean, I ran yeah. a museum for a while. That's, right. Who does that? Right. I, um, I started out in... Land and title insurance. I was I was homeschooled from fifth grade on. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was I graduated from being homeschooled. Okay. I went to Camdenton until fourth grade, and then my mom she worked in the kitchen at that school, and she wasn't going to renew her contract because my dad's construction business. He was so busy, and she was helping him with that. Um, she couldn't go back to the kitchen, so she said she was not going to renew her contract, and I said neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> in fourth grade. But at that time, we were attending a church where a lot of my friends were homeschooling. And my mom had been talking to the moms about homeschooling. Oh, what, what church was that? Foundation Fellowship. Oh, uh, you were one of them. I was one of them. <laughs> Teresa Keith was my homeschool oh, mama. Oh, Teresa yes. Keith. Yeah, I Love can imagine. Teresa. She yeah. was inspiring. Very inspiring. And so Bobby and I are still good friends. Um, and we still talk, and our kids get together and play when she visits. And so, yeah, Teresa, I have amazing memories of the co-op and the oh, things yeah. that she did. And so, yeah, I didn't uh, go back to school. My mom started homeschooling me at fifth grade. So, my and all the way through high school. All the way through, yes. And then I did take my GED just to make See, things most easier. Most homeschool moms are a little afraid of that. The later years. Oh, and yeah. I actually found we did that with Gretchen, and she basically taught herself. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my mom said. Oh, you were easy. You just taught yourself. At, and... at some point, you know, that that age when homeschool parents think it's going to be the hardest because, mm-hmm. well, what do I know about biology and physics right. and everything? Is actually when kids are ready to learn themselves learn, mm-hmm. yeah that's that's what I did and, and yeah. we did decide to go ahead and just take my GED a lot of homeschool moms wanted to fight that because they wanted the homeschool to be accredited enough you know mm-hmm. and recognized enough right. you know to, to get into college and I I really didn't care about the fight I just wanted <laughs> to have you know the documentation yeah. and so that's what I did but my parents my dad um, built houses he developed land subdivisions and so I was always with them during their business transactions. I went to closings with them and I interacted, you know, with the real estate stuff. And so that's probably what struck my interest in business to begin with is Mm -hmm. my dad was always entrepreneur. You know, he wanted to work for himself so that he could go on vacation when he wanted to go on vacation and take off a month at a time, you know? And so that built inside of me. That's the life I wanted. I wanted to be independent. I wanted to be my own boss. Mm-hmm. Um, but I but I had strong work ethic. You know, I have strong values, you know, for working well. So because of that, my um my the person that my parents used for closings called me one day and said, "Hey, I want you to work for me during the summer or, you know, when you're not doing your schoolwork." And 
um, that was my first job. Okay. So I started that career, got certified in title insurance, and I started that at 15. But then I decided I wanted to go into missions, and I you know, love studying the Bible. And so I did an internship, and I traveled and for a whole year. It was about a year and a half, actually. And then after that, I tried a career as not really a career. It was just a job. But I worked at a fitness center. And hmm. so... Yeah, I thought, oh, this will be fun. This is totally different. It's not at a desk or an office. Mm-hmm. Got kind of bored with that. And then I went back to the title insurance because I was called back to it. My old boss called me and said, I want you to work for me again. But then I was called by the assessor and he wanted to be a mapper. And so because I had good experience with title mm-hmm. insurance and mm-hmm. land. So then I got certified as a Missouri mapper and I was a cartographer for several years until I got married and had well. a baby. And then I work at a church now as a financial administrator. Now yeah. I do accounting. So Okay, so you already know about all the multiple <laughs> careers. Yes, like and, go through the careers. Yeah. And I think it's very liberating compared to when I was a kid again because it used to be you'd get a job and you'd work for the same company forever and that was your life. There are benefits Which to is, that, though. Yeah, sounds a little depressing. Retirement, <laughs> there's the consistent, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. like if... Uh, I would have continued with the loyalty. county. Yeah. yeah. You know, there, my, my old supervisor at the county, she had started working there right out of high school. And she was able to retire fairly young with a very good salary, you know, mm-hmm. with a good retirement income. And that, there's a lot of good to be said for that. Right. <laughs> Security. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I think we've learned everything about Deanna Walton. Dun, dun, dun. Until, ne- <laughs> until next time. Yeah. So this has been the Deanna Walton Show. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Okay. And uh, we'll see you next time. I have a few minutes left over at the end of my discussion with Deanna to interject some of my thoughts about my life and times in the Ozarks. About three years ago, we started a community center called Key Gathering Place, whose mission was both spiritual and practical. The practical purpose was to get people away from their own social media and bring them face-to-face at a gathering place. As a member of the older generation, it's my duty to let the next generations understand what has been lost. We have lost the art of living in community. We are no longer one nation because we are no longer unified neighborhoods. We have traded away our friendships and our informal gatherings and our relaxation and replace the ease of living with air conditioning and digital devices and passive entertainments and incessant busyness. I say this not because I am against modern technology, but because I value all those old social settings that fostered the brotherhood of man so desperately needed today. This is where the spiritual mission of Key Gathering Place comes in, because we are one nation under God, regardless of whether or not you consider yourself to be a religious person. There is something in the Christian Gospels called the Great Commandment, to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. You can't love your neighbor in isolation or on on social media. The Bible has a great story about the Good Samaritan. Samaritans weren't known as great followers of God, and today we might define them as secular. Nevertheless, it was a Samaritan who saw a man who had been beaten by robbers and stopped to help him while the holy man just walked by. Jesus asked the rhetorical question, who acted like a neighbor to the man who had been beaten? Jesus wasn't teaching a lesson against holiness, but against indifference. You might agree with me in principle, yet it's so hard to change. It's so easy to interact on a digital device instead of going out the door to visit with your neighbors. I get it. I really do. 
But I wasn't ready to give up. That's why we created Key Radio as an extension of the Key Gathering Place. The vision of Key Radio is to allow every neighbor to have a voice, to create a virtual community better than places like Facebook, where neighbors can express complete thoughts verbally rather than typing past each other, and where nobody gets censored for expressing ideas that aren't approved by the fact-checkers, whoever they are. Stay on Facebook to keep in touch with family if you must, but it's not a forum to exchange ideas freely. Stop cooperating with the enemy. Key Radio also encourages face-to-face conversations. Many of our programs involve interviews and conversations among friends. For example, Matt Burns and Ike Skelton talk mostly local politics on their show BS Nation. Although you might be intimidated about creating a radio program all by yourself, it's pretty easy and natural to talk with a friend and record it for broadcast or record one-time interviews with people of interest. Who, then, should be on Key Radio? Unlike commercial radio, we have a place for churches and ministries every day of the week. We have an entertainment hour for local musicians to get public exposure. There's a business hour that allows business owners and promoters to explain what they do. We even have an hour every day for politicians to explain themselves so that the citizens they serve can get the story straight from the horse's mouth. I encourage each of you to go to an internet site called Anchor.fm to learn how easy it is to create a podcast and radio program. On Anchor.fm, you can begin simply to share what you know without limitations. If you're not happy with your first recording experiments, you can easily redo them before they get published. Hone your new craft, gain a following, even find sponsors to pay for your time. Then contact Key Radio to bring your conversations to Lake of the Ozarks. If you are interested but want a little more help, email BillM at OrionCenter.org and I will get you on the right path. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, go out and do good.